You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Good morning, sports fans. Mike Gandolfo here at uh, the Kentucky Exhibition Center. They dropped the fair from the Kentucky Fair and Exposition Center. And now it's just the Kentucky Exposition Center. Even though the fair is coming here in, like, what, three weeks. So. Yeehaw! <laughs> you know, I got confused by that. I saw Kentucky Exposition Center, and I started heading to the convention center. Downtown? I've never heard the, you know, I've never thought of it as just the Kentucky Exhibition Center. So this is, uh, the voice <laughs> you just heard was Rashawn Myers, and he's joined me in Haven here at the Kentucky Exposition Center for the AU National Tournament here on a beautiful Saturday morning. Haven, it's been a while. What's going on, man? Man, I am just excited to be here. I mean, I, I love the AAU. Yeah, I'm sure it. you do. Because it's what, AAU track? Is that what you're talking about? In general. You know, in you're general. such a big basketball fan to begin with. Yeah, I know. I, I love I, being here and watching all these high school kids, right? I do, man. I, I love it. So the action is going to get started here around 1040 this morning. Uh, they got a couple teams here walking around, shooting around. Actually, I use assistant coach Tim Buckley is here to get an early uh, jump on the uh, – on the uh, recruitment side of things, I guess if you know, IU showed up to watch me practice, and one of the other coaches were sleeping. I guess that you know could make a big difference. Hey, the the, the loss of Kenny Johnson, man, you got to get out there a little bit early. Man, I'll tell you what, that Kenny Johnson could be the best assistant coach as far as, especially on the recruiting side in college basketball. I like that. I, IU that gets me excited a little bit. I IU losing him in a year where they have to be able to show some improvement on the court and show some improvement on the recruiting side. I mean, it really, really hurts. The thing about Kenny Johnson and, and the, what, from what I've heard, and, and I haven't, you know, I had not heard much about him. I, I knew that Tom Cream was bringing in some outstanding players. I knew he was able to find a way to pull Noah Vonley there and uh, some of the good things that were going on in Indiana. But as I found out, since he showed up at the University of Louisville, how much love. And lost Kenny 80 Johnson pounds, has. by the way. Yeah. Unbelievable. I, I've heard that he is in unbelievable shape. Another guy, kind of off, not off topic, but another guy who's looked great out here this week, Ed Cooley, the Providence head coach. <laughs> he looks like he's ready to go and do a shoot for like GQ magazine. Well, it's good. Ed Cooley is like a tremendous amount of money. Yeah. And he's a, you know, he's a good guy, too. Real funny. I, that's, that's the best part, I think, about coming. This is, you know, I'm on my third week of going to AU events. And unbelievable. The best. The best part of this stuff is sitting around and hanging out with those coaches because it, it, you get it gets pretty loose. It's almost like I guess if you're like living in the Big Brother house, right? <laughs> you know, and eventually you just all got to become friends with everyone else. You are in the circle now. Yeah, and so like last week I'm in Atlanta and I'm, um, you know, I'm nobody in the grand scheme of basketball, and I'm sitting there with Roy Williams and we're cracking jokes and telling stories and it's like you know. <laughs> It's, that's pretty cool. Well, I mean, that, this is the thing that I've loved about it, and I've always wanted to see a major AAU event come here to the city of Louisville, the you know, the, the state where basketball is king. Uh, deserved one of these programs. This is where I cut my teeth um, in media was helping Mike Hughes of InsideTheVille.com get out there um, at you know, like places we were talking about the Bob Gibbons and the Speech Indy uh, tournaments up there in Fort Wayne. Um, you know, these events where you're bringing out so many great college basketball players and then as well you're getting so many of these top head coaches i mean you're walking around as a fan or as a person who just loves basketball and you just happen to see rick tino walk by or see billy donovan walk or by tubby or tubby smith larry brown you had two out of the five 
uh, Hall of Fame active coaches that were been here pretty much the whole time. And that's the amazing thing about the AAU and the summer circuit and when these coaches get to get out there. Because, I mean, I saw, uh, you know, for last night's feature game with Antonio Blakeney, uh, when Coach Patino's there, you have, uh, uh, you know, fans everywhere standing around. They're walking up, talking to Coach Patino, just like, you know, just like a buddy. You know, you don't get the get that interaction and, uh, at the college level. And to, I guess to somewhat be fair, generally, even at these other AU events, they're not that accessible. So the, no. just because of the way, I guess, this facility is set up where you have courts everywhere, they generally try to do a really good job of keeping the spectators and coaches separate. Right. Mainly because of the potential infractions that could occur if a coach was to talk to a parent or a player. <laughs> and so they don't, they try to avoid that. Not really to keep the, you know, safety of the coaches. Right. But this, I mean, we've got courts Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, it's 18, 18 courts, I want to say. 18 courts. They, they found every piece of uh, hard court that they could play basketball on in the state, I think. And we were actually talking to Eddie Ford there, uh, you know, who kind of is the main uh, person to kind of help put this together. He used to do the Eddie Ford Hoop Fest. Mm-hmm. Kind of got hurt, though, when the shoe companies really got involved in the, the Eddie Ford Hoop Fest. Lost its prominence. It used to be one of the best tournaments around. Right. And But, I mean, Eddie owns... Like seventy five percent of these courts, really? Yeah. Yes. Oh wow. These these are his courts. These are his courts. <laughs> That's amazing. So he's actually going to kind of come on and talk to us and at the nine twenty mark and just kind of talk about the logistics behind all that and how we got the AU national tournament here. Here for three years, I can tell you that the college coaches love it because when you go to most of these other events, you're driving twenty minutes from gym to gym, and most most locations have three or four courts, you know, every once in a while you'll get like a hoops type of place and it might have two, three, seven four. or eight, Yeah, but you're still probably in multiple locations. To have everything under one roof and have this many teams, I mean, the coaches love it. Yeah, and this is something that I think there's potential here. Of course, the AU Nationals and Super Showcase have been going on down in Orlando uh, for the last several years, and this is the first year that it, it was committed to come up here and play. I hope this is something that continues to grow. I hope that there continues to be more marquee players that, that come out to this event because I think that here you're going to get a probably more attendance that you're, than you're going to get almost anywhere because I know they weren't getting much of anything down in Orlando. The fans want to come out there that the energy in the building last night for that Antonio Blakeney game versus Howard Pulley was unbelievable. I'm talking about it was probably five rows deep of standing room only. I'm sure night. it was. I mean, you, There's no way that you could have an event like this draw more fans than this is going to draw. But when you also consider the fact that in Orlando, Disney is a good half hour, 45 minutes from the Orlando airport. you got to fight all the Disney crowd and all that other stuff. And you're kind of like, uh, you're, you're basically like the show, the, the side show, right? You're not right. the main attraction. Here, you're centrally located for most of these universities. You're easy to fly in or fly out. You're, the event is right next to the airports. Yeah. I mean, and... The most I mean, of the teams are the right there event. in the hotels right across the street. Right. A lot of the teams are walking over. The coaches are walking over. So yeah, I mean it's 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 unbelievably uh, unbelievably accessible. Um, the uh, Kentucky Exposition Center has done an excellent job of the layout. The schedule <laughs> needs a little bit of work in, in some of those types of things, but I think that this has the potential to be um, one of, if not the best, summer event if they continue to work on it. I think that, you know, there were some rough edges this being the first time handling this many teams and this type of, you know, close to 300 teams. Yeah, I mean, so I think it'll get better, but it has great potential. Well, you know, I think having, like like you guys said before, having everything 
under one roof, being in a, a location where you can't have everything in one roof, is going to help Louisville a lot, attract more AAU events, maybe even some more basketball, high-level basketball tournaments, because you can't have everything in one roof, number one. Number two, Louisville is so centrally located in the United States. It's easy for everybody to get here from no matter you know, where you are. I mean, as a guy who just drove about 4,000, 5,000 miles in the past week, the Louisville is a pretty easy place to get to, like seven hours or seven and a half hours exactly from D.C. Whoa, you're flying, man. Seriously? Yeah, you know, yeah. I think it took me like two That's the Roman gnome <laughs> right there. Jeez, O.T. <laughs> you're moving on that. No, but you're right. I mean, you you consider the day's drive, the number of major cities that we're within a day's drive of. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty it's a pretty great location for that. And uh, 12 hours from New York. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it is. It's perfect. And then, you know, it's good for Coach Patino. It's got to be. I'm, I, I'm not sure what the rules are on unofficial visits during an event like this. Yeah. I know once the event is out, they can do an unofficial visit. Yeah, so I was going to say, I believe that while the event's going on, players can't visit, but uh, either just before or just after they can come take unofficial. So, you know, like Blakeney loses yesterday. He's done. He goes. They plan to be here the whole weekend, so, yeah. Why not? I mean, so, and you're talking, you're what? Well, you're not even a mile They're away from the university. So um, he could have so many kids just come through on an official Take visit. a tour to Yum Center. You know, that's you can that's walk open. to the Yum practice facility from here in about 20 minutes. Yeah. If you really wanted if to. If you wanted to, you could walk there. <laughs> and uh, so to have that ability for him, for me, it's great. I mean, I, I can come and talk to these parents and say, hey, you know, the Freedom Hall there, picture your kid playing in there, but there's 10,000 fans in there and, you know, the end zones are full and we got all this kind of stuff rocking. I can kind of set the stage because that's Dream Hall is still a great basketball. Facility. Oh yeah, oh great. Oh, yeah, the sidelines are perfect. That that was probably the the biggest disappointment for me uh, was that with Blakeney's team losing, the prospects that they were going to actually play an eight o'clock game in Freedom Hall last night with the attendance that he had and the buzz in the building. You know, to see that game last night, that's what I want to see is how many fans were going to come out uh, and fill up Freedom Hall, and I think it would have been a very nice attended. Event. I think the AAU folks were probably crying with them when Blakey's team lost because that was a huge, huge draw for this. But I think that still, um, you know, with all the local teams here, uh, with, you know, guys like Ray Spalding uh, and Eric Holman and the Eli Wright and the rest of these guys, but people are going to continue to come out because, you know, Justice, listen, I mean, look, you got you got some elite ton of top Kentucky prospects. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, that's actually the other thing that got, is this summer has got me pretty excited about. Indiana basketball this year actually is a little down. And now their top player, Aaron Gordon, was ruled ineligible for this high school season. He won't be able to be Indiana's Mr. Basketball or play in the Kentucky-Indiana series. And Kentucky, look, Trinity alone could have four or five Division One players on it. And you're looking at uh, having – we've already got right now in the state of Kentucky three kids that have high major commitments – with Beetle Bolden going to West Virginia, Cam Justice going to Vandy, and uh, and of course Ray Spalding going to Louisville, you're going to look at possibly. Ha- I mean, you're going to Eric Holman's going to go. This is this Eric Holman kid, and I know Haven's up on this. You know, <laughs> this <yeah>. is a <laughs> kid at the beginning of July had an offer from Northern Kentucky and Kentucky Wesleyan. Those were the only two offers he had July first. He has blown up yeah. and has an offer from Memphis. Oklahoma State. Louisville's been intriguingly checking him out. I know John Robich for Kentucky's been checking him out. 
But, you know, he's yeah. got a lot of things you can't coach. I mean, he's he's a very – I got to watch him a little bit last night, a very long, lean, athletic, you know, maybe a wing uh, type of player. He's got very good dexterity. He's very quick on his feet, athletic. Um, I can see the potential. Um, I, I think that that's the biggest thing that I'm liking right now. There's some things I think that with the AAU system in Kentucky could be better. And I've been talking to a lot of guys. We got too many teams, I think. A lot of teams. And, you know, it's almost a, a situation where, uh, you know, I look at some of these other states like the Ohio AAU system, the Indiana AAU system. And it's almost like a graduation system where they try to pull the best players together and, you know, kind of slot guys by their ability level. So their top teams are truly elite and all yeah. the elite players are playing. And that's something that they don't have here in the state of Kentucky. And this is another There's a lot thing. of fighting that goes on, actually. Right very much so. And I think that something, having an event like this, will maybe put a spotlight on these local AAU teams who may be doing a better job of trying to locate, indicate the talent early and get all the guys together. I mean, there needs to be a little bit more work done to try to pull those things together because I think it, this event can only help the Kentucky AU system, because as you said, there's a lot of great players like Eric Coleman, like Eli Wright, uh, you know, Ray Spalding and others. And, and that is and a that's hard thing to do. It is because you got, look, look, in Kentucky, we've got the Eastern Kentucky culture. We've got the Louisville culture. you got the Western Kentucky culture. you got the Central, Central Kentucky culture. And there's, I don't know, there's a lot of pride that goes into those yeah. areas. And... There's a lot of division. There's a lot there's of division. There's a lot of division. It's not just that. You know, you also remember the coaches have, you know, kind of their own egos as well. They want their – And you got some you know, dynamic personalities. Yeah. you got Ellis with oh, yeah. the Loyal Magic. And you got uh, Mike Scott with Hoop Dreams. And you got the guys with uh, or that coach uh, the Travelers, which is an IQ UIBL program. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, it is – there are a lot it's of egos. The same thing goes on the track side. Oddly enough, as it goes on the basketball side, right? I mean, Louisville, the, the city of Louisville alone has like four or five AAU track teams already, right. right? And you start to dilute that that talent pool. You know, when I was running back in high school, that's maybe like two, maybe three AAU track teams. So all the talent, you know, was pretty much on you know three teams, and we all went to nationals, right? You know, now it's kind of kind of so diluted. You know, the state of Kentucky isn't heavily represented anymore on, on the AAU track side. Well, I mean, and, and, and Haven, that's the reason why I think that with bringing the Nationals here and you get to see how the big boys do it. You get to see these teams. And, you know, this is a state that takes its basketball pride very seriously. So when they see these Ohio teams and they see these Indiana teams and teams from Florida and how good they are. People are going to be like, well, why aren't the Kentucky teams? Because, you know, until I really got out here on the national circuit and started seeing some of these teams, I had no idea how good and how well organized and how nice some of these, these programs are. And I think this is going to be something that a lot like bringing the UK UofL football series really helped to bring up and push up football in the state. I think that bringing this event here, if they continue to keep this here, will help bring up Kentucky AAU basketball as well. Well, the football thing is kind of ironic you brought that up because I think the Kentucky football series is kind of why we saw Kentucky basketball dip yeah and now I think we're starting to see a little bit of a resurgence and we had a really good class of kids last year I think this class of kids is going to stop the streak and we're going to beat Indiana this year really I think this I think we are better especially with them not having Aaron Gordon I think we are better than Indiana hold on I'm gonna have to tweet that out real quick I'm gonna go ahead and tweet that out right now that Mike Pandolfo's calling the shot that Indiana is gonna beat Indiana and uh, and we'll continue. We'll we'll stop the dominance Indiana's had wow. in the state of Kentucky this year. That's amazing. That's but big. It could be. I mean, I mean, it's it, 
We got to get it get it back to where I, we're going. I believe the last win for the the state in the series was uh, the the, the uh, year with Jawan Spillman. They split, went one and one, and they won the game down in uh, uh, down at the old Armory uh, downtown, the uh, Louisville Gardens. Louisville Gardens. Yeah, I believe that was the last win that the state of Kentucky has in that it's series. It's been a long time, and before that, it had been <laughs> a long time. <laughs> it had been what? a long time. So I think Kentucky only has one win in the two game series in. You know, probably 25 years. So, Mike and Duffel going out there. Uh, I like that. Kentucky going is going to beat Indiana this year. And uh, I can say that because I don't really feel like, uh, you know, I mean, even like when I look at, I get, also to your point about, you know, going to these national events, mm-hmm. a lot of people ask me about certain players in the state of Kentucky that aren't really on the high major division one team. I don't know anything about this kid. Right, right. And then I, and I have to tell them, it's like, you know, I watch more national high school basketball than I watch Kentucky high school basketball. Right. And it's for that reason, the organization and where I can go see the talent pool and all right. that kind of stuff. So I don't, it's not like I know and I don't have the time. Well, really the, the, the tough these. part is that you see these kids out here and if, if you're only local, you see some kids that you think are pretty good. But then when you see them matched up. Go, it got to the Antonio Blakeney. Exactly. Yeah. And, and these you teams. understand. <laughs> it kind of brings it reality into it. It's like, wow, we are really like, you know, and I've continued to say, I really and truly believe that the Kentucky AAU is in the Stone Ages compared to just right up the road in Ohio or in Indiana. I mean, I, I think that there's a lot of building. There's a lot of organization. There's a lot more um, locating who are the good players young and getting those guys together and building them together. I mean, when you see these teams like King James, Shooting Stars, um, VCC Basketball uh, Warriors, uh, who's also uh, from the state of uh, Ohio as well. All Ohio Red. Uh, All Ohio Red. These programs are good. And Ohio these young Basketball guys, Club. They've been playing together for years. I mean, they, they indicate these. I mean, that they, they uh, find these kids very young, put them together, and grow them. They have a lot of uh, development. They have a lot of skill development. That's why when you see these kids come out, there's so many McDonald's All-Americans and high D1 prospects that come out of these states is because their organization is second to none. And I really do think that Kentucky needs to kind of take a play, uh, you know, take a page out of their book and really start to get this thing together if they want to get there. You know, Kentucky's has been behind the ball a lot. A lot. I mean, just, just a lot. I mean, on the football side, we were really, really behind the ball. I mean, every other state had like spring, had like spring football mm-hmm. practices. We finally got that what five years ago. Five years ago, yeah. yeah. But every, I mean, literally every state around us had that for decades. Yeah, and, and middle could, school football, every other state had it for decades. But I, I can even see that with the football side of it, just because this is considered "quote unquote" a basketball state. But there's no reason for Kentucky's basketball to be that far behind Indiana's AAU system. I, I agree. I mean, that's my biggest thing is we take pride in our basketball. And I think that there's a lack of understanding uh, of how to run a proper AAU system in this state. And I think that's well, unfortunate. You know, have good players here. Yeah, see, I don't think there's lack of understanding. I think the problem was self-interest. It wasn't self-interest. I think that we just got, I'm going to say blinded, but we just got used to having such high-level talent here, like your Tony Kimbrough's, your – Daryl Dawkins, everybody coming through the high school system. Right. That if it's not broke, why, why should we care about AU? Because we got all these great high school kids. Look how well they play for the University of Louisville, University of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But, you know, once that talent kind of started to wane and you start to see other states, everybody come up, we just never, 
switch gears to, to catch up with everybody else. Well, it's just kind of like the, passes by. It's the Denny Crumb theory. Okay, Denny Crumb was used to getting all these top kids, and they go just go recruit the dirt ball. It, it, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, just you, you went out there, you were Denny Crumb. Kids want to play with you because you're Denny Crumb. But go at some point, and there you go. I the game three, changed. Three. And you know what? We have to change with the times. I mean, you know, I, I really, the truth be told, man, I see some of these Kentucky teams out here, their uniforms. You know, you could go pick them up at uh, Shively Sporting Goods. No offense, Shively. I love Shively Sporting Goods. But, you know, I mean, some of these kids look like NBA teams. I yeah, mean, they, they have got, NBA they gear. Well, they have unbelievable sponsorship. And that's what you have to have. This is what the top kids want to do. I, I think that they want to come. They want to get the shoes. They want to get, you know, they want to look like LeBron out there. All right, we're going to go. We got, we're late for a break. And when we come back, we're going to see if we can get Eddie on. Uh, Eddie's busy getting everything kind of set up and ready to go. But. We'll get on Eddie, Eddie on for a short segment, but then we'll get right back to breaking down some of these players and the guys that we've seen. Oh, boy. And get right into it. So uh, we'll be right back on the Weekend Sports Buzz, brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. It's Mike Andolfo here on the Weekend Sports Buzz, brought to you by Brand J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. I got uh, Rashawn still sitting in, and we've got what can only be described as a basketball legend in this area, Mr. Eddie Ford. Eddie, you were a big part of putting all this together. Talk a little bit about how the AU Nationals ended up coming Before I get started, I like that music. Yeah? That's my music. My days. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked it. You keep playing it. I, that's pretty neat. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, it's, it's, it's really exciting. I, I mean, that, that's the first thing, it, I guess, the way I can react to anybody that comes up and says, what do you think? I said, yeah, I'm excited as you are. I mean, it was a major undertaking to, to maybe make it happen, but it's well worth it. Uh, we had a lot of people that, that, that helped. Uh, when I started this process, uh, I went, I found out what it was going to take. I came back and, and reached out to the people at the Expo Center. I already had the dates reserved, so I wasn't too concerned about that because I had it for something else. For the Hoop Fest, if you were going to do that? Something else. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> and, and, uh, so, so anyway, no, I had the Hoop Fest. On the, on the week before. Okay. But it, something else. Uh, so, but, but so it took, you know, we, we, I started that process and we started and we, we reached out to the Convention Visions Bureau, which Sports Commission is a part of, and which is an important part of as far as, as, as this event and, and any sporting event in, in the city. And all parties were, were on the same page. Uh, there were commitments that they made to do everything they could to help me, and which they did, from Carl all the way down to Greg at, at, at the Sports Commission and, and, and Dave Patron uh, at, at the Expo. And, and most of all, probably, it has, has been Rip Ripito, who is just a, a real, real plus to have in his position here in Louisville right now with the, with the facilities he's in charge of. And, and, and he's very proactive and, and very interested in, 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 and committed to help everybody. And, and I witnessed it. 
uh, firsthand. And and I, I just say that, that having that group of people uh, made it happen. And and we just had to, had to roll up our sleeves and go to work in the length of time that I had to 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 pull it off. But but we did. Uh, it, it was a it's a good feeling when it happens. Uh, when you're in a process that long, it it's drug out and everything. You go through some things, but 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 the, the big thing, I guess. And a couple of few days afterwards, it's like a relief and, and, a, and a degree of excitement started with me because I'm thinking it, it's going to happen. You know, so that's it. How many but, how many years was it in the making? Was it, or was it just a year? Month and a half. A month? And, seriously? Wow. Month and a half. It happened that quick. I mean, because it's a big undertaking for this AU group who's based out of Orlando. You know, they had to move a lot of stuff from Orlando here to even make this right. make this happen. And, but I think they've got to be pretty happy with the results so far. They're extremely happy. Uh, of course, we're, we're together every day. I'm here all the time. I'm there to help them in any way that I can. Uh, courts, goals, the operational part of it, everything. And I can, you know, any way I can help, they know I'm, I'm here to help. Having a lay of the land helps uh, a lot for me to be able to help them. Uh, because it's a new, it's a new site, and they're feeling their way through it. But they are really, really excited. They say that all the feedback that they're getting is all positive, and and actually, everybody's just singing praises about what this is, meaning the setup. I mean, when you throw the caliber of basketball in on top of what these facilities are. And how we got it. it's going to look a lot different next year. I feel like I know the goal is for for uh, me and the and the Expo Center people are to have more of these horizon bleachers. We don't right now. The crowd has been so big we've had to go get seats and set them on the floor. Wow. And and of course you don't see you can't see very well that way. But it's 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 every court we've had to go get more seats for. Well, Eddie, that first of all, that gets me very excited just to hear that and hear next year it's going to be that much better. And that was going to be my question is that I've been to a lot of AAU events and fan attendance is usually not a big factor uh, when dealing with that. Usually it's more the families and the coaches and things like that. Have they been astonished with the amount of attendanceship there's been as a part of this event so far? You, you hit on part of what was my sales job to them. Was that, that a pitch? Maybe was a term to use, but I, I I explained to them, and I knew back they knew me, and had known me for twenty something years. And as far as me going taking teams, going down there, we knew each other, so that helped a lot. And they knew from hearing through other people that this was a, a top notch uh, venue to play games in, right. and that we had something special. And and so they and and, and exp- I explained to them something that they I don't know they really thought of that much, but I, I explained to them you're not getting average fans from the city of Orlando to come in and watch your tournament. I've been down there too many times. It's not it's you're, not you're like getting, to it. Yeah, you're right. getting just what you said. You're getting parents, uh, and and that's and and that's it. Yeah. I mean, and family members and whatever. But you're really not getting avid basketball fans that are coming out to Orlando. They got a lot of things to do in Orlando. 
Oh yeah, especially <laughs> where they're located. Yeah, <laughs> yeah out there, they don't, nobody wants to get in that traffic. But but anyway, uh, here you're in the hotbed of basketball. You know, I, and they and they begin to open their eyes a little bit, thinking, well, wait a minute, that's it makes sense, you know. So you know, and I started explaining. You, you got Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio, and I'd go on and on. In driving, short driving to St. Louis is not that hard to get here to drive if you want to see see games. And so, and you got you got diehard basketball fans, right? And where can you beat it? I mean, you can't. And and we got what you want. Now, let's make sure it's good for both of us. And that's where we ended up. What was good for both of us. And uh, I went out and bought more courts and uh, and reached the number of courts that we needed, which was 18. So I've got lots of courts. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, And I'm looking for more because that's another goal. I, I want more courts next year probably. Yeah, you probably actually get another two courts over there if we really had well, to. I can't, I can't get more than that over Yeah. <laughs> He's got it all laid out. I can get more courts in here. All right. Now you've seen the evolution of this whole AAU basketball. I mean, you've been involved with the whole evolution of it the entire way through. You had, you know, the recently the Kentucky Hoop Fest was, or Eddie Ford Hoop Fest was a, a great tournament, great AAU tournament. Rashawn and I were kind of talking before the show. It's kind of nice to be at an event that doesn't have the shoe company influence. Very much. So. Talk to a little bit about how that has really affected the evolution of the AAU basketball. I was with Nike for 24 years doing their all-star teams. I had the teams for Kentucky. Took them all over the country to play and all that. I had multiple teams uh, for different age levels every year. Used high school coaches in Kentucky to coach, which I thought was a proper thing to do. I thought it was uh, you needed good coaches. Uh, I wanted everybody to know they could trust what we were doing with, with their players. I knew I got coaches from different parts of the state that participated in all those years with me. And who else better to go back to their friends and their areas of the state to say, they're, he's trying to do it the right way. And, 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 and we're part, we were, meaning they were part of coaching it and everything. They saw it all inside and out. And, and those were good times. And, through the evolution of it all, the shoe companies have became more powerful, more in, involved, and in, and in many ways more more of the problem. And I got friends at Nike, still. I got friends at Under Armour. I got friends at Adidas. And that's the way I always was, even though I was at Nike team. But I don't really want to get too much into it, but there's some factors involved in it that to me are, are detrimental to what's going on. I think there's too much emphasis on the elite part of it. The elite are good players. They should be. But I'm concerned about the masses. I'm concerned about the mid-major and below where those kids need to get the right opportunities too. That's, that's been my goal from day one because I realize where the masses are and I think that's the way you should be. More more young players that we can reach and help, that's what we ought to be trying to do as well as, as, the, as the gifted ones that are better players, uh, upper upper tier players. But so now how's it affected? It's affected my tournament, the Hoop Fest to a degree 
it's, I'm coming back from it, meaning there were two factors. One, they changed the dates. Right. NCAA changed the dates from a, a, a 10 day, two 10 day periods in July where teams could come down. We were getting, I was getting as many as 20 teams from Canada when I was bringing in three. I was turning, there were tournaments, years. There were years that I had my tournament that I would be maxed out. I didn't have as many courts. I wouldn't have been maxed out. That's, that's kind of why you're looking at the courts you're looking at. Because uh, I wasn't going to let that happen. But I was maxing out, and I would have I would have waiting lists total up in the different divisions, over 100 teams. And I'd say, there's no way that put me on the waiting list anyway. I got bribe offers. I'll give you another extra $200 you get my team. Those, obviously, were good days. Uh, and then they, they busted that up a little bit with, with giving these three weekends right and, and long weekends in July which is which is exactly what they are long weekends but right now everyone is exhausted and, and tired and, and nobody likes them. no and and I'm hearing that's true I'm hearing including the coaches oh the coaches and hate that's it. why they did it the coaches are why they did it because the coaches wanted to stay on campus and work with the players and they were gone for too long so they finally got the NCAA to let them work with their players in the summer. That only happened about three years right. ago. Three, four years. You couldn't even work with your players, which is another stupid rule that they have, which along with all those other many ones that they have. But, but anyway, that one just didn't make sense. You got players there, work with them. That's what they're there for. But they didn't. Now they can. So the coaches reacted in such a way. Now we want to stay and work on our, work with our players. So we don't want to have to be out those long periods of recruiting. So they went to us, these weekend things and became long weekends. I don't like I don't like the long weekend things. So and I think they don't either now. And uh, but there's a possibility it could get changed. But all right, that's the first thing that's changed the thing a little bit as far as numbers. And then the the shoe companies started these their own. Events, events, EYBL, you know, all those type of things. You guys know what I'm talking about. And and these teams had to go to those. It meant they couldn't go to, to, to ours. And then, so all this, you know, then, then Under Armour gets into it. Adidas gets into it. Nike was the first. They get into it. They take that group of players, and they're in another tournament, and nobody else can get in it. Right. Them. And so that hurt because I had. We have big time players coming in here all the time, and uh, but we're getting it. And and again, I'm 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 not I'm not bothered over it because it's, it's, it's satisfied what I'm wanting to do, and I'm wanting to help them be those middle level masses of players that are trying to be recruited from the mid major, lower mid major, down all the way to NAI. We got NAI coaches here. We got Division two coaches here. And I don't have family. I don't have parents all right now. But with the way the cost of, school, of college is, I got two grandkids in college, and now I'm helping a lot with tuition and stuff like that. So I know, I know what it's like. It's bad. I don't have people do it. I, I do not know how people can send kids to college anymore. But, but with the cost of it. But, but so they're looking for scholarships, and that's where the masses are. We're exposing them and giving them a chance i get those guys don't have a recruiting budget they can't get in the plane like one my like son. coach p can't yeah. yeah oh yeah i mean i mean i know what travis does i mean he, he's got a jet got two pilots just take him wherever he needs to go 
I mean, they're just jumping from one place to another, and somebody picks him up at the airport. Real he quick. just calls up T Boone and says, "Hey, T Boone, I need I need the plane this <laughs> well, weekend." But I mean, they, you know, all, all the D ones do. I mean, you think Cal does? I mean, I mean, all of them. Yeah. And 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 and, but let's go back to where the masses are. Right. You you, that's that's those schools that when he was EKU, they get a rental car. One of them drives all night somewhere to watch a player that they need. Or even more so when he was at Campbellsville. Yeah. Probably like. <laughs> you didn't, you you didn't just, have anything. You just on the phone trying yeah. to <laughs> favors from buddies, you know, and say, help me out. But, you know, and, and seriously, no, those are all good programs. Right. At that level, NAI, I gain a tremendous amount of respect for NAI basketball after that. Well, we I got mean, probably the top. NIA basketball the conference the, the Mid-South is probably one of the best basketball no conferences in the country. No doubt. The Great Lakes Valley Conference for the Division Two is no probably doubt. the best, you know, Division Two conference in the country. Well, you, you take right All here in our levels. state. And, and, of course, Evans are right across the river from where I live in West Kentucky. And so I, you, you, that, that, you, the, junior, or the uh, NAI school there, Southern USI, they, their power. Oh, yeah. Right Across the river and right down the road from them is Orangeboro, and they got West power, Lance. and 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 Weston's got a power, and you got Bellman, and you got you know on and on, but I mean, you got Georgetown and Pikeville, and I mean they you go, I mean there's way or even Cumberland, even what uh what Wiley's doing at IU Southeast, oh, yeah. I mean uh, there are just tons of it. So so anyway, the, you, those are the guys, and they offer scholarships. Some oh, yeah. some have, have a little hard time. The D threes don't. Transy and some of them are, are not doing that now, but 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 they're good programs. And and they, they're still able to get financial aid for them, right? In, in different ways, and all of those guys are here. They can't. They don't have to drive very far. They can drive and they can come here and see talent. And, and 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 through the years, it's amazing how many that I'll run across or get a phone call from or get a nowadays an email and say, I "Just want to let you know that we sent just at your tournament. We saw three players that we would never seen if we hadn't have been there." And we signed them, and they're doing a great job for us. Now, that's what's rewarding to me. I mean, when I get those those messages, I'm, I'm like, it works. It's working. And that's, I mean, that's that's kind of what it's all about. Well, uh, we're up against, we're actually way over for a break. So, but this is, we can, I, think we can, <laughs> I think we can talk forever. So. Oh, definitely. So, Eddie, I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, this has been just phenomenal. It's been great. It, it saves me from having to go to Las Vegas, which I'm really excited about because I can stay home, sleep in my own bed. It's really nice. Seven. <laughs> in closing, I'll say this it's a buffet of basketball. You go to your, find, tell me where your best buffet that you like better than anywhere else. When you get there and you don't know what you're going to pick because everything looks absolutely awesome. That's what this is right here. You got all the games to pick from all these courts. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable, and and we're still a little surprised that it that it isn't a bigger. It's a big crowd, but we're surprised it isn't bigger. So as the word gets out in the years to come, I think it'll continue to grow. But if there's anybody out there and they want to have a heck of a day with basketball, y'all can find here today and tomorrow, and it and what Monday. We're not over till late Monday afternoon. There you go. All right, Eddie Ford, uh, thank you very much. And we will be right back on the Weekend Sports Buzz. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. 
they're back on the uh, weekend sports buzz. And uh, I, the thing that I love about the say event is it's taking my mind off the fact that the Cincinnati Reds have lost seven straight games since the All-Star break. They go into the All-Star break a game and a half out of first place, and now they have lost seven straight games. So uh, it's really nice to kind of have this distraction out here of all this basketball and uh, have a great interview with Eddie Ford. Hey, that was outstanding. Mr. Ford is, is a guy that I have. I've heard his name associated with basketball. That's the only thing I think of when I hear Eddie Ford is basketball. Absolutely. I mean, it was awesome. And you could see how excited he was about it. And just to hear the fact that it's growing and he expects for this to be a big part of this city for years to come, that gets me quite excited. They're here for three years. So we got at least three years to kind of get to where, you know, hopefully this becomes the permanent home of this tournament. You know, and he was he was brought up a good point that I didn't think about, about the, the impact that it has on – you know, we're, we are the hotbed of Division One basketball with Kentucky, Indiana, and Louisville. We're the hotbed of Division Two basketball with Kentucky Wesleyan and Bellarmine and Southern Indiana. We're the hotbed of NAIA. And, you know, if you're going to win a national championship at any level, most of the time you got to come for a team from the state of Kentucky. And the way that this helps all those programs from Wally Brown to and Georgetown College all the way up to – Rick Pitino and Coach Cal. It helps the kids. I mean, yeah. it helps I mean, our kids tremendously. Tremendously. I mean, they like uh, like Eddie said. Now you have kids that would never be seen before are now seen, and now they have an audience. And coaches who would never be able to see these kids can now see the kids. So it's just you know, it's a perfect marriage. I and mean, you get the guys like me who never would have thought about playing Division One basketball and probably never could have. I don't know. You got the you know you're almost five nine, right? So <laughs> I'm almost. All right, so you, I'm taught and spud wet. So is Arnold Drummond. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm taught and spud wet. You are, you, you are, are taught and spud wet. I'm going to guess that you probably don't have the vertical he has. No, no, but not you're, quite. No, you're a good athlete. I even told me he could dunk at one point. So no, yes. I, I, I could actually dunk. dunk. All right, <laughs> so that's, I, I could that's actually impressive. dunk. That's impressive. But, but no, to, to your point, I mean that's the biggest thing with this event, and to, to what you said about the fact that you have 18 courts here. Okay, the coaches don't have to go driving around the city. You don't have to go to this high school gym here. Run, you know, when I was down at the Bob Gibbons, they had games at UNC, they had games at Duke, they had games at uh, NC State, as well as they had games at all the local high schools. So when you have it that spread out, you're not able to just kind of walk around. And as you're walking by, if you're a coach, if you know I just got done with the game at 8 a.m., my next game's not till noon, and you can just kind of walk well, around right. the courts and see if something piques your interest. I mean, I saw a young man. Uh, yesterday for one of the uh, Kentucky teams, uh, his name escapes me now, uh, but he was a, he was a nice, you know, kind of a stretch four six six guy. Was out there shooting threes, was knocking down shots, making plays. He actually made me stop and take notice of him, and I actually uh, gave him a, a little shout out. And that's the type of things that you get here, and that's the advantage of having everything under one roof. It's a really great opportunity uh, for exposure for players, high major level, all the way down, like you said, to NAI. Yeah, and it's just it's great. I mean, I uh, and for those for our local programs that not had to hit on their budget to travel, you know, where a center college can drive up here and check it out and, and go right back to you know uh, go home that night. It's it, you can't beat it. I mean, the only thing, the only really downside to me for this whole AAU thing, and it does get a little bit of bad rap. It's not just playground basketball with coaches on the sidelines. It's it's a lot more organized than that. People need to understand that. It does take away from high school basketball though, quite a bit. And the importance of high school basketball is waning every year. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're like me. You love watching high school basketball. Love it. I mean, and that's probably been 
the biggest thing for me. Well, I, I truthfully, I'll, I'll say this. What I like about AAU is it gets you the best players. So you don't have, um, you know, you know, there's not a bunch of five, five guys, no offense, David, running around, <laughs> you know, running around on the court. So you get to see closer to what you would consider a collegiate atmosphere. Um, but what I like about the high school coaches is when you're playing AAU and you have this game, this time, this game, this time, this game, this time, the skill development wanes. And that's the one thing I like about what Nike's done with these skills camps now where you have the point guard camp, shooting guard camp, small forward camp, and a big man camp is that they're at least putting more of an emphasis on skill development because the biggest thing I had at AAU, the issue was that all it was was games and there was no getting better. And that's where high school coaches uh, really helped when they were a big part of basketball is in the summer, your high school coach got to put his hands on you and get you better as a player. And that was something that has been missing. I think they're trying to do something to supplement it, but I would really love to, th- to see the high school coaches get back. Well, yeah, involved. Now you can work with your kids with the exception of the two week dead period. And the state, you were with your kids all year long. Right. I mean, so, and you can, uh, you're they're, They never basketball really never ends at this point or any sport for that matter. And, uh, you know, so I think that does that does help to a certain degree. Um, but I mean, how, how many of your kids exposure. are playing big time AAU? Though? I mean, are, you know, how, are they going to be there on, on those weekends where you need them? Are they going to be maybe sticking with an AAU program up in Cincinnati or somewhere else? Or are they playing it? And I think that's where you know we, we talked about it off the off the air um, that you know I'd like to see a little bit more of working together. I know it's hard to talk about people working together for a common goal. That's kind of ridiculous. But I think that if there could be some more of that, it could be beneficial to both the players on the court as well as the teams. And we can continue to see growth because that's been my biggest issue is that there are so many players that are so raw and don't oh, have really raw. Uh, you know, they don't have the skills that they should be. I mean, when I was a kid, guys had, you know, the left hand layup, the right hand layup. They could make a proper bounce pass. There was a team at UofL about 10 years ago that no one on the team could make a proper post-entry bounce pass. That's absolutely ridiculous. ridiculous. Right. And and that's where it's kind of gone. I think that they've kind of indicated that once the USA was embarrassed overseas and they lost those couple of years uh, you know, with, with some of the guys, it, you know, it kind of put a focus back on getting the fundamentals back in the game, but I think they need to continue to strengthen that. And uh, I like as well that the fact that the you know, when you and I were younger, the big thing was getting invited to like ABCD camp or right. something like that. And like if you had that ABCD shirt, you were like you were legit. Oh yeah, that you went to ABCD camp. And uh, they're kind of going back to that. I mean, the first week of this whole evaluation period, uh, the whole first week in July, that's what it was. Is the LeBron Skills Academy? The LeBron camp is basically the new ABCD camp because that's the that's the big. If you get invited to LeBron camp, that's you know King James's camp is king right now. And then I mean Adidas had one in Chicago, uh, the Reebok breakout in Philadelphia. Under Armour had the Steph Curry uh, Skills Academy, and so I mean they they are going to that development. And then these kids get to go work with like major basketball trainers or or college coaches, right? And uh, you know that's a huge that's a huge thing I think uh, for the just the development of those skills. And then we get two weeks of them playing games basically. And from a coach's standpoint, I think they like that. They get to see how they work and, and what their skill level is in drills and then come to see how they compete in games. Yeah. Uh, it's good. And, and no, and, and I agree with you. And I think that the fact that they involve camp counselors, quote unquote, you know, the college guys coming back, giving back to the high school kids, showing them how to work. This is how we do it at the collegiate level. 
that opportunity as well and kind of that giving back that they're right. doing right now. I love I think that the, the scene is going in the proper direction. I'd just like to continue to see that improve. All right, so we're up against the uh, top of the hour. Again, we're out of the Kentucky Exposition Center. Games are getting ready to start in about 40 minutes. The place is filling up. I'm mean, getting excited. Here. I can feel the buzz in the, in the room right now. And we're going to talk about some of the kids that you can come out and see today and who's playing, especially if you're a Louisville fan, you need to come out and check out Ray Spalding. He's got one game today before they get into the Elite Eight. Uh, their team looks like they got a chance to win the whole thing, I, I think. They've been dominant so far. So uh, we will be right back for the second hour of the weekend sports buzz here on 1450 WXVW, brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. A little bust to bust to bring us back in for the CJ Matt. I'll tell you what. Turn it up in the studio. That's my kind of stuff right there. The East Coast rap. That's kind of where I live. Oh, Rashawn knows it too because we can go back and forth on Twitter. So, uh, oh yeah, this is the East Coast. I mean, this man is Mr. Wu Tang Clan over here. All right, all right. right. <laughs> so yeah, we got a, a good day of basketball ahead of us. The gym is filling up. We were out of the Kentucky Exposition Center for the AAU National Tournament. The, the Super Showcase is actually going to wrap up today, and uh, most of the talented players played in the Super Showcase. And I will yeah. tell you that one of my kind of gripes when they get into bracket play is that the teams with the elite talent always end up getting knocked off by the teams that can just flat out well come away. Well come. Yeah. And the ones that really run the system and stuff like that. And uh, we that's, saw that That's what it should be. That's what it should be. It, it, it definitely should be. But, you know, the we've got, you know, the Blakeney's out. Uh, the, the all-Ohio Red team's got Jalen Coleman and the Ezra kid, who's a junior, who's going to be very, very high. Alex sought after. Uh, they're out. Uh, I but let's go through some of these. Let's just yeah. go through real quick. Let's yeah. start. Let's start with Antonio Blakeney and <laughs> each one teach one. D one T one as the short. They were actually without two of their best players. Yeah, uh, Daniel Giddens and Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, who I think is the best player in the country. I was excited. I, I saw Ben Simmons was on the roster listed. I was hoping he was going to be down here. USA basketball got him. USA up. basketball uh, gobbled him up. And so. Daniel Giddens, too. I believe yeah. got both of them. Yeah, but got both of those guys, that they were a part of what was going on with the Team USA. So they weren't there. But, again, uh, each one each one still had a ton of talent. They did not have any issues uh, in full play. Um, they actually even played an extra game because a uh, team needed didn't game show up. Right, a uh, team didn't show up, so they actually uh, volunteered to play that game and ended up uh, pulling out a tough win in that one. Taco Ball actually, uh, their big man, big seven five Taco Ball, is seven foot five with a size twenty two shoe and an eight foot wingspan. He could dunk without jumping. Yeah, the poor, that was a poor He's young like man. Two havens across. Yeah, he is two <laughs> havens across. He, he uh, uh, that was a couple times he was coming. <laughs> He caught the ball and literally just turned and tiptoed and dunked the ball on. 
is. And I'm going to tell you, you know, I saw Taco first play at the uh, NBA Top 100 camp in June, Charlottesville, Virginia, and the kid's better. I mean, he's he's actually gone to work on his game over the last month, but he's trying to have a little bit more than just catch it, turn around, and dunk it. Like, yes. he's got a little bit more of a game, and uh, his hands have gotten better, and he runs the floor okay, but he's a guy that I know, like, Tubby Smith really wants out Texas Tech. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I saw Tubby Smith and uh, Vince Taylor at every game Yeah, uh, for him. And uh, it was good to see Tubby, by the way, too. Yeah. You know, I still think Tubby looks younger now than he did the day he left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Tubby, was, Tubby looked like an 85-year-old grandpa his last day. Kentucky age. <laughs> but no, but, but Taco Fall, um, I agree with you. Uh, he did, did a great job. Uh, showed me some moves, you know, with the left hand and believe it or not, a little bit of the, the or the, the right hand as well, a little bit of the left hand uh, going over. Nice soft touch, keeping the ball up high. Uh, that's something that you could tell has, was being drilled into him because you know you're seven foot five. Why are you bringing the ball down? You know, and he forgot that time time. He still yeah. kind of did yeah, that. He, every he still had some issues. It's something that he's working on. But as you said, I talked to a couple of coaches and they said the difference between Taco now and where he was last year. They said he couldn't walk and chew bubblegum at the same time, let alone play basketball. And for to, to see his development just a year and a half's time. So uh, and if you're Taco Fall and you want to be somewhere where you know a guy can develop a big man yeah. or where he's kind of wrong to skilled, I think you want to go to Tubby Smith because I think well, I know Rick gets some credit, but what Tubby did for Nazi and Jamal McGlore especially and turn those both those guys into where they had very long NBA careers. Or even a guy like Chuck Hayes, who was an undersized big man, is still in the league. Like, could you even ever come to like that's think amazing. that Chuck Hayes would still be in the league? That's amazing. I mean, Chuck Hayes does. I never thought Chuck Hayes would step an NBA contract. No, <laughs> I really didn't. I mean, that's not a knock on him. I just thought undersized guy didn't really do anything well. Like that stood out outside of you know he's a good defensive player. But yeah, Chuck Hayes carved out a niche, and I think that's something uh, that Taco Fall. Uh, would need to consider because I think he's a guy that has NBA potential, unlike the Bular brothers, who, uh, you know, those are the big seven, four, and seven, five guys, uh, Sim and his brother. Uh, those guys were kind of big and plotting. Uh, I, I think Taco has a little bit better agility, a little bit and a better great name. speed. And he has an, uh, a great Taco Fall. You know? Can you do something on the market? Uh, yeah, Texas Tech, and you have a guy named Taco yeah. in Texas? I mean, They're Taco Tuesdays. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So, no, I, I think that that, that that would be a good spot for him. But E1-T1 had a ton of talent. Even though Ben Simmons and Giddens were not there, um, they rolled through full play. Um, Antonio Blakely was uh, no short of, of amazing, averaging 20 points, but a very efficient 20 points per game. So well, this is how – go ahead. So my question was, though, is, is any team here as talented as Rashawn's Church League team? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, that's why I want to know, because I heard Deacon Dunn at running point while my man Rashawn is a power forward. You guys is tearing up. <laughs> oh, he's got to go there. You know what? My church league team was pretty good. All right. So don't, don't, don't you want a church league team? I think these teams are a little bit better. He went, he won. He got a little bit better. I don't know if I want to go one-on-one with Mr. Blake. I will go. Let's just, I'm going to talk about one. We touched on the, the, the guy who really benefited with Simmons and Giddens not being here. By the way, Simmons head to LSU. Giddens going to Ohio State. Uh, How about I, the number one player going to LSU? Well, there's some connections there. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm trying to remember what it is. They got like his godfather or something like that on staff. Yeah, I, I godfather's mom is 
Well, he's been there for a while, though. It's not like a brand new hire. I mean, well, hey, you know what? Hey, Memphis just hired the dad of three kids that are going to end up going to Memphis. Each son is a year older than the other. So, hey, you know what? Yeah. Whatever it takes to get it done. Ben was going no there issues. for a long time. I'll, I'll tell you, Ben, to me, I don't. I think there's legitimately four one and done in this class, and that's probably about it. Okay. And I, I think Ben. You may need. Well, that. that's always how it is, right? <laughs> yeah. This is so, true. But no, but but Ben Simmons. Uh, is a town I would have loved to check him out, but I did get to see uh, the rest of those guys. Alex Owens, or is that the guy who? Uh, yeah, I think Alex Owens has benefited the most because he's actually shown that, especially when Taco was not playing, you know, that he can get some stuff done on the basket. He's got he's got an NBA type body. I mean, the guy's huge. He's very talented, very explosive. He gets off the court. He's about six. Plays with emotion. Yeah, he's very emotional player. Um, he showed some things going off the dribble. Um, you know, his ability to kind of handle in the open court, find his teammates. He got a little bit overzealous a couple times, uh, maybe trying to do too much. Um, but, it, you know, in the right system, if he went, he'd be a perfect Cincinnati big man. Uh, he would. You know, I, I think that would be a good spot for him. Uh, he's very reminiscent of some of the guys uh, like Eric Hicks and some of those really explosive, maybe slightly undersized guys. But he's a very talented player. He did look very good. All right, so let's get to Blakeney because this is who everyone wants to look at. I mean, he's he's looking at U of L. He's looking at Kentucky. They, uh, you know, Billy Dobbins definitely in the mix down Florida. He's got a. I would have to think that the two schools here are probably his front runners. But U of L probably is in the lead right now. Yeah. Pilato has been recruiting him for a long time. This is how I describe him. He's Russ Smith and Terry Rozier rolled into one guy. You just made about five people who almost crash their car this now. Well, that's all five people that are listening. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, 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 and you haven't, I haven't seen it here as much. But he'll take it to the basket and score with swagger. Yeah, and let you know about it. Or he can be as patient and relaxed and just kill you from the outside. He's got one of the greatest releases in this class. His shot is silky smooth, and he can score in every way imaginable. Off the dribble, you know, spot up, or take it to the rack and be athletic. I mean, the guy can play. He probably has the prettiest jump shot I've seen from a guy that I've personally covered since I saw Wayne Ellington. Wayne Ellington had an absolutely pure jump shot. Of course, shooting guard uh, ended up in North Carolina. They won a national championship with Wayne there. And, and you know, his jump shot is flawless. Uh, it's very – he's a, a true jump shooter, uh, which is very rare to find a true jump shooter that can actually be consistent with his jump shot. I um, think right now it's, it's rare in basketball to find a true jump shooter that can be as efficient and effective taking the basket as he is. I agree. I mean, that's what makes him – Incredibly dangerous. I mean, for, for a guy that gets off, I mean, because he gets a lot of elevation. Usually guys that get a lot of elevation on their jump shots is usually a little bit more inconsistent. But, I mean, Antonio's consistency with the, his ability to both on the pull-up. I saw him come down in a dead sprint and pull up from three very easily. Um, him being able to do that, go off the catch and shoot, attack the basket, as you said. I mean, he really and truly shoots at the apex of his jump, and he has explosive athleticism. Yeah, he should very similar. Yeah, for, for guys who, who remember Daryl Griffith, Daryl Griffith used to get a good, you know, four feet off the ground before he let, released his jump shot. And it's very similar uh, with the way Antonio attacks. But he's a, a true talent, and to your point, you said that he, he likes to take guys to the basket and, and show them and let them know what he's doing. I really, truly, first of all, he noticed where Rick Pitino was every game. Like, he made a point to look at him, certain plays where he thought he made a good play, he would look over at Coach Patino. It was very important that Coach Patino was out here watching him this week. Um, and, oh, and Cal was not. 
and Count uh, uh, Robic was there. Robic was there. He did. Game. He did make eye contact with Robic as well. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I don't know how that plays uh, moving forward. I know Cal. Cal did get to see him down at Peach Town. Cal was out. Yeah, he at saw least him. once. Yeah, but I, you know, I, I don't know how much that played to it. But it was very important to me, I think, for him to go out there and show that he could play within the team system, almost to a fault. Because I really and truly believe in that game versus Howard Bully, him wanting to be a good teammate and just play within the system. I think that was a game that he needed to take over. And, I, you know, in some ways, I think he's just really conscious about making letting the game kind of come to him. Yes. And he doesn't force anything. I like that. And for a guy who's considered probably the best scorer in the class possibly, for him to be that much of a team-oriented guy, as a Louisville fan, that gets me excited because I had to see him and see his personality because you don't want a guy that wants to make it all about himself. Tyreek Evans was a young man that, he wanted the show to be about him. Right. For me, Antonio Blakeney seems like a team first guy, and that gets me excited. And I don't know. Well, I don't think anything else but that would work in the team system. He's the one guy that I think could come into UofL as a freshman and play right away. Like, legitimately. Like, Quentin's going to play. Don't get me wrong. Quentin's going to play this year. He could start yeah. for Patino as a freshman. But he could really kind of come in and really make an impact as a freshman, which is not very make common. Make Patino break his rule and start. <laughs> I definitely, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, that, that, that that's saying a lot because we all had. It's very rare that a freshman starts with. Yeah. All right, we got a guy on the line who wants to talk about anybody that I use watching. Uh-oh. Truth is on the line, and it's been a long time. I'm a, I'm a little upset because it's been a, probably like a month since I've heard from the truth. Truth, what's going on? You know, I uh, this tournament going on. Team Michigan is the team up with my nephew's playing in that tournament. His name. Oh yeah. His name. He played for Team Michigan. His name is Tate uh, Carter. He's playing up there today. I think they played yesterday at 6.45 or something. Are you uh, coming out to watch him? Uh, no, I got I got other things here to do here in Evansville. I wish I could go for it. He's playing in Virginia to, uh, next week. All right. they, got pretty, yeah. they got a pretty good AAU team. We got, uh, you know, IU's been everywhere. They've been looking at big guys. They've been uh, they've, they've, they're on a couple big men. There's a guard out there though that IU has not offered yet, and I don't know what they're waiting for. He's here in this tournament, or he was. They got beat, and in, in they got beat, so they're out. There's a kid out of Kansas City named Jimmy Witt that if IU offered, I think he commits. And this kid is a combo guard that I think can score it, but I also think he could replace Yogi as, their, as the future Indiana point guard. Wow. And for some reason, they're at everything he does, and yet Indiana is not pulling the trigger. And I think this this is another kid that's probably not as good as Blakeney, but a better ball handler and a better like point guard skills than Blakeney, but can score, flat out score too. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Wow, you just put. I need to get on Tom Crane about that. Well, Buckley's around here walking around. We saw him here earlier, so he's he's watching. And they are definitely trying to look more big guys, but they, I mean, they got to worry about replacing Yogi Ferrell. I mean, that's got to be their number one concern. I agree. That would be my number one concern about Vaiu. So uh, James Blackman replace Yogi Ferrell. You, you want James to run the play the one, or do you want James off the ball where he can score? That's the next day of Daryl Curry in the NBA. James Blackman, Indiana backcourt, going to be the one of the top three backcourt in the country next year. All right. All right. I mean, they're going to be some, back. 
If they're going to eat Louisville that cut a court up, when they play Louisville, they're going to eat them up. They're going to get holes in off. All right. I like it. Well, Tom Green, I got to see a little bit last week in Atlanta with his marvelous tan, uh, checking out the uh, checking out the high school town. He got to check out Jimmy Witt a little bit. Uh, I'm trying to – there's a big kid that they were really looking at uh, out of uh, – he goes to Brewster Academy, and I'm totally blank blanking on what the kid's name is now. But this guy was a 2013 kid, right? Reclassified to 2014, and now is doing a fifth year at Brewster Academy. Wow. So it's a 2000. So he's an older kid. He's like 20. And uh, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> what he get He's Jeff Rowe. What's that? What's that truth? He's he's like Jeff Rowe. Eh? Jeff Rowe stayed in the sixth grade to he was 30 years old. <laughs> there you go. So, you got anything else for us? I wanted, uh, did you hear about uh, this guy out of California? He's a five-star, six-man. Uh, his his daddy played at University of Evansville, last name Leaf. Leaf, you know anything about this, Rashawn? Um, name does not ring a The five-star out of California, last name is Lee. I, I, will, I will effort that information. Um, I'm not sure. It's not ringing a bell to me, Truth. Is he 2015 or 2016? He's uh, next year, the 2000. He'll be a freshman next year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's, uh, he's been, I heard that he's number one on Indiana list because he's 6'9", and uh, he's he's a top 15 uh, a crew. He's a five-star. He can, They say he's another Larry Bird. Huh, really? Huh. We'll have to check that out. I haven't seen a kid play like that or seen how you – now, usually, like, when I come these five, I'll find the UK, UFO, and IU coaches, and I'll always keep tabs of where they are and try to figure out who they're watching. I was going to say, Doug McDermott uh, just got drafted by the Bulls. That's the, the next Larry Bird. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, you know, the other guy, though, that's kind of in the mix between the UFO and Indiana that would be a really good pickup is a kid named Donovan Mitchell out of New York. Yes. And uh, I got to see him play in Atlanta, and I know both you and I, you're really high on him. He's a definite four-year player. He'll be a great college player. Yeah, and I, and I just appreciate Kenny Johnson bringing Louisville so many of Indiana's top prospects. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I, I definitely do appreciate that because he's uh, helped get Louisville on the short list for a lot of these guys. Well, Donovan you know, Mitchell. Don't sleep on IU. Oh, well, you know, Tom don't Cream. Sleep on. Tom Cream's going to get it done. <laughs> like the truth said, they're going to have one of the top backcourts up. They may not be able to rebound, <laughs> but they have a great backcourt. Truth, I got one question for you before you hang up. Is Tom Crean the coach of the Indiana here next summer? No, he he. Oh, we lost him. Uh, he's off the phone. I, I think they cut him off. Do you think he is? Um, no, I do. I, you know what? At the end of the day, Tom Crean has done a good job there. I, I think that he, unfortunately, uh, you know, with his best team with Vic Oladipo, with uh, Cody Zeller there. They did not reach the heights that they expected to run into that zone versus Syracuse. Really, really uh, hampered them. Uh, it was tough for them. But I think all in all, he's done a good job now. He had a lot of attrition. I'm not exactly sure why the big guy. Um, uh, Jerkin? Uh, or uh, or no, Luke Fisher. Luke Fisher. I don't know why Luke Fisher transferred that really out of the program. That, really, that really crippled that program. I think that he was going to be a big part of what they had going on moving forward. I think he was a bit frustrated with his lack of playing time early, uh, you know, with them deciding to go with uh, uh, the, the, the big guy, the 6'9 kid, uh, over hold on, hold on. the athletic so, guy. So you don't think Tom Crean has underperformed 
since he's been in IU. I, I, I mean, at, honestly, I mean, because he's had a lot of talent. Jubilee, his past couple years, he's had some talent. He's had, and, and the road record in a Big Ten is uh, atrocious. Yeah. Let's, let's actually, let's, let's, we'll get to this. I mean, that's out of oh, there we go. That's a teaser we'll right there. <laughs> because I, you know, I definitely have some things on here, and I don't think we're going to be able to cover in like one or two minutes. <laughs> All right, so we'll be right back on the Weekend Sports Buzz, brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. All right, Whistle While You Work, we are in the middle of July, and only in Kentucky could you be in the middle of July and talk two hours of basketball on a Saturday morning. That's exactly what we're doing here, Kentucky Exposition Center. Uh, we were touching on IU a little bit before we, uh, before we went to break and what the future of the IU program is. And, you know, I, to me, IU's been a little bit unlucky. All right? IU had, they had a great year. with Even going back to the beginning, Tom Crane, to his credit, came in and cleared house. We talk about this all the time. Had a baseball player and a manager dressing up. And he had a high school team his first year in India. Yeah, and they were terrible. And he built that to where the Oladipo and the Zeller group and all that stuff, where they were a really good team. It's hard to judge a team on their success just solely based on how well they do in the tournament yeah. when anything can happen on a given night. If anything, I think Tom Crean was almost unlucky by the fact that he did get a couple of two two ultra-talented guys. When you look at two guys that ended up being top five picks in the NBA draft, people expect that once those guys leave that you can just up Replace. and pick those two guys up. I mean, but Victor Oladipo was not that was not Victor Oladipo coming out of high school. No, he actually kind of was kind of like almost like a Terry Rozier situation where he kind of showed out at the right. Derby Classic, and then that was his like his coming out part. And Cody Zeller was a homegrown talent. Right. So, so to be able to just say that we're just going to up and replace that, I think you kind of put Tom Crane in a tough spot because he went from having nothing to having these two great players, and now he's expected to keep Indiana at that level. But a lot like Rick Pitino learned when he first got to the University of Louisville, it was not an easy fix. Well, well a timeout, a timeout now, a timeout. I'm going to have to stop you right there. Yes. Because we all know that Rick Pitino took like a five or six year vacation from my like really coaching and recruiting. And let's be honest, he did. Well, I, I would say that. I think that Rick Pitino was, I can. Was, had a style of coaching <laughs> and, and no, a way no, of no, doing no, no, things. No, no, no. That was, no, no, I think that it wasn't conducive to what the, you know, the, the way the game changed. I, I think, think Rick Pitino was say, doing things the old way. The way that Rick Pitino recruited at Kentucky was not, and the way he, the way he evolved the way he recruited at Kentucky was not going to work at UofL. Exactly. Like he, Rick Pitino didn't learn how to recruit again until Wayne Truthfully, until his recruitment of Wayne Blackshear. That was the first recruit that Rick Pitino said, you know what, I'm going to make the changes necessary to become popular again. I'm going to say the changes. I honestly think that Rick Pitino's all cruise control. Right I, now? No, no, not, not, not now. Okay. Not now. But several years ago, I think Rick Pitino, before Kyle Perry got to Kentucky, I'm not, I think Rick Pitino was kind of cruise control. I'm here. Now, I kind of agree for that I'm, last year. I'm, I'm bringing in players. I, I, I'm, I'm doing well enough. See, I, I don't We're think good. that. I, I think that Coach Patino. Dude, I do not think well, that. I, I think that the motivation of Coach Calipari, and he did motivate, uh, you know. Because I caught a lot of slack last year when I said. Coach Calipari was the best thing to ever happen. on cruise control. But it wasn't that there was lack of effort. First of all, nothing that Rick Pitino does, he does half the speed. Okay, that's not the way he lives. The issue is that Coach 
<laughs> Coach Patino. Please don't walk by. I just hope he doesn't walk in the building. Coach Patino just – he didn't understand the, the change. Like, this whole quote-unquote showing love the players and have to get out here and get on the circuit and just sit in the chair and stare at a kid for two hours. That was never the way in which he did things. That was never something that he had to do because he was Rick Patino. He sold what he did. You know, he went out there. He gets you to the NBA. And I think that until Coach Calipari got there and started and, – and that wall class came in there and, you know, really – Put Kentucky back on the forefront. That gave Coach Man, I'm gonna tell you, Patino was on cruise control. He was just kind of cruise three time. He was doing now. I'm gonna say he was doing just enough, but he was pretty much just kind of you he, know he was I in cruise like he, control. Really, I just like he was. Calipari, Calipari got there with the fire underneath Patino. Patino tried to get aggressive. He what? got aggressive, and who was gonna get on his coaching staff to can recruit? And he just got a lot more aggressive. That's definitely happened. Yeah, well, he, he was stubborn. Yeah. He was quite and, stubborn. And now you see a aggressive Patino. Well, who's back? He went from a coaching staff that was made up of yes men that no one was really going to challenge him. Masiello, a, a staff of Masiello and his son and Walter McCarty is not going to challenge him and really kind of like push him to go and think outside he of his own. Well, because now he's got he has recruiting guys there that think really about good. it. Because what is the most important thing on the recruiting circles now? People think it's not about the head coaches really truthfully anymore. It's, it's just as so much about the assistants, oh, yeah. if not more than the head coaches. So I mean it was it took a while because Coach Phil had to get out of his comfort zone. He had to go out there and find guys who could relate to these kids. Uh you know, kids the guys that kids like like Kenny Johnson and you some can of these other be around basketball as much as he has and not realize that fact. Well I mean but you gotta understand Coach Tino's been doing this for a long time. He won a national championship and had, you know what, a couple final fours. He's an older coach. It's not like he's a new young coach trying to cut his teeth. So it sometimes it takes Maybe something to happen, an incident to change you. And I think Coach Calipari going to Kentucky, along with his off the court issues. I think both those put together. Yeah. But I, you know, and I'll stand by what I said. I don't think Louisville won the national title last year. Calipari's not hired at Kentucky. That, that, that's a true statement. I can agree with that. I, I, I can I agree, agree with that, that possibility. I mean, I, I think that Coach Tino at some point would have come around to the way things are done now. But I think that Coach Calipari accelerated that process very yeah. quickly. And like I said, the way he went after Wayne Blackshear, that recruitment was legendary for Rick Pitino because he had never spent that much time on a player. And he was everywhere Wayne was for two years to get that commitment. Well, and now I think the guy's as sharp as he's been. I mean, I think uh, without a doubt. All right, we got a call right now. Kevin is on the line. Kevin's on the uh, Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz line. Or Oxmoor, whatever. Kevin, what's going on? You're on the line. Hey, man. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I'm here. Rashad, I love him, man. Uh, but, uh, yeah, both of y'all, I don't his name, but, uh, Rick, man, uh, both of y'all, right? And, um, Rick, Rick was, and Rashad, man, Rick was sleeping, man, for them few years. I don't know what, what Rick was doing. But, uh, <laughs> I had to say this about Rick. <laughs> Rick, he's not, I don't think that Rick is connected with the uh, AAU guys and the and the uh, William Wesses of the world, the guys that people are directing to Calipari, you know, the people, you know, the rich that uh, everybody's, you know, right, everybody's wanting to say that Calipari's doing all this. Yeah, Calipari's got a gift of gab, but Calipari is also getting spoon fed these players too, you know, and that's you know this him, you know, who he has in his back pocket is who he has in his back pocket. And you can't tell me that a lot of those guys are not being directed to him, which brings me to another point 
we, we were just talking about this yesterday, a buddy of mine. When it comes to Rick, uh, we were, you know, Krasinski and uh, Roy Williams and Bill Self, Kansas, Duke, and North Carolina. They're going to get those top players just over those schools alone. And, uh, but the thing is that kind of upsets me about Rick is Sean Miller. There is no reason why Sean Miller should be able to get those type of recruits that he gets at Arizona over Rick. being like at least in the top six of being able to get these top players. And I don't I don't, I don't understand how he does it. Oh, I think the did you notice that every school that you named, Kevin, from Kansas to North Carolina to Kentucky, all those are Nike programs. Kansas, uh, excuse me. Uh, Kansas did switch to Adidas. But the thing is, is that I think that the shoe affiliation with a lot of these top kids has a lot to do with it. And Rick Pitino doesn't deal with Nike. He never right. has. And I think, to your, to your point of that disconnect, I think that's probably one of the biggest disconnects for Coach Pitino is that he does not deal with Nike. And when you talk about Sean Miller's advantage over over Rick, is he's got a twofold uh, advantage. A, Sean Miller is very connected on the East Coast. That's where he grew up in Pittsburgh area. His dad's a high school basketball legend in the Pennsylvania area. And when you talk about a West Coast Nike program, he's the elite West Coast Nike program. And so when you got a Stanley Johnson who doesn't want to go that far away from home, Arizona's the is the is the spot. I mean I don't even look at them really competing after the same kids. You know, and plus you can't right. you know, as as much as talk about shoes and, you know, that kind of connection, AAU and things of that nature, you know, a lot of it still comes down to personalities. And if you ever talk to Coach Calipari, you can easily see why that he's a great recruiter. Yep. I mean, you spend any time with him. I mean, he says, you know, some some guys just you have mean, that. You mean he's he's Rick in the early nineties. He is okay. I mean, I mean, they're the same person, people. Let's stop pretending that they're yeah. not the same person. They're not, they're not the same guy, you know. But when when you talk to this guy for a little bit, you can't help but just like want to talk to him. I mean, some guys just have that personality. Yeah, I mean, he, he relates with players. I mean, he understands what's hot. He can speak on, on their level and do things that are very appealing uh, to young guys. And that's one of Coach Calipari's gifts. And I give him credit for that. I think that Coach Patino is a bit more old school. And I think that that's had a lot to do with some of his issues uh, with grabbing some of these players. I think he's gotten better. I think he's surrounded himself with the type of guys like a Coach Keats, like a Coach Kenny Johnson now, um, that will help kind of, you know, kind of be that, um, liaison. Uh, his staff right now is phenomenal. It's, it's outstanding. All right. All right. Uh, thanks a lot, Kevin. We're gonna. I want to go back real quick to the ending thing where we started off. We kind of went away from. It. Yes. I think the big thing there too is that you know he had the old Depot and Zeller thing, and at the same time, Indiana high school talent was at the top of its game. Yeah. I mean, there was. I think last year, two years ago, eleven kids at a, at the uh, NBA top 100 camp were from the state of Indiana. And he was his inability to grab those multiple kids. in uh, multiple McDonald's All American players every year. And but he was still Tom Green's had a McDonald's All American every year for the last three years, and it just hasn't translated. And uh, part of it started with that the, the class that they called the movement, which was Hannah Pereira, Jeremy Hallwell, gone. Yes, Hannah's been in trouble. Jeremy's gone. Buzz Patterson never even made it on campus because he got in trouble, and what this, he's now at Syracuse. Yeah. And um, was Luke was Luke part of that class? No, Luke Fisher was the yeah. And then they lost Luke. There was a who was the fourth guy? There, there, there was a there was another. It wasn't was Yogi, I guess. Yes. So Yogi's the one. Yogi's the one, one guy that's, that's made it. Yeah. And then they got two big guys after that. Luke's gone. Jerkin never developed into anything, and he's gone. 
they just have had they've not been able to you saw you saw that with some of Coach Pino's early classes with uh, you know Noah Diakate and right. and uh, you know uh, Kendall Dartez and some of those guys. It's a struggle. Indiana has the name, but a lot like Louisville, just because you had the Louisville name, you had to rebuild the brand. And I think that uh, Coach Cream, it's not easy to get a top team back. I mean, well, see, he's got time. the base. That's he, the, he definitely has, that's the biggest issue. Is that I've always said, if you can keep the best three players from Indiana at home every year. every year, you will have a team that can go to the And that's what you have to do. You have to build a fence around your backyard. Indianapolis, Michigan, well, Michigan, Michigan State, uh, you know, Ohio State have pillaged the state of Indiana for their top Jerry Harris, year after year. Dawson. Year after year. Well, yeah. I mean, Another thing is, like, when you have that super team and when you have that talent, that's when you have to capitalize. Trey Lyles at Kentucky. Lyles, yeah. You know, that's when you really have to capitalize and make your move. Greg oh, Oden. <laughs> I you had that talent. They Josh didn't capitalize Roberts. on that talent. I mean, uh, and that's what killed me. They couldn't capitalize when they had the talent, when they really could impress people, when they really could have made, made their move. He couldn't win any Big Ten Bowl games, even with all that talent. Hey, we're talking he struggled on, on the road in the Big Ten. He struggled in the Big Ten tournament. And struggle in, 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 in the big tournament. And part of the issue there, too, is those kids are going to these other schools for visits. And IU's facilities are terrible. And they, they have to upgrade. Their unwillingness to change uh, has been very difficult on them. They're still wearing those ugly candy trifle pants. They, they, they're, they're very old school and very old habits. And, and you know, they, they are very adverse to change. And I think that's been one of the biggest issues. Uh, with Indiana is that you have to upgrade. I mean, thankfully, Tom Jurich is a guy that not only cared about bringing football and bringing it up, but for Coach Patino, he gave Coach Patino everything that he ever wanted and more. I mean, the Young Practice Facility, the Young Center itself, uh, the dorms, Bernardi Hall, all that stuff is state-of-the-art, and that's huge. Facilities are huge when it comes this is where This is where you're going to live for the next four years. You know, talk about facilities, another team kind of takes the college football a little bit. It's kind of like that's managed. Miami never, Miami still hasn't invested in their football program. The weight rooms are subpar. Um, the uh, the state where they play pro player stadium, so you play right. at a nice stadium now. But the name's not it's good old. enough anymore. Teams no. want, it's, it's about the assistant coaches. It's about what gear am I wearing. It's about what are the facilities that I'm at. Do I have a private chef like they do in Minardi Hall? All these things matter to these kids. It's not about, it used to be about who's the coach. And what's the name of the program? Right. And that was it. But that was 30 years ago. Yeah. I mean, you know, these programs have to understand, man, you have to start to put your best foot forward because you have a Michael Beasley that committed to Charlotte. I mean, we understand he ended up at Kansas State, but it's about more than that. When Michael Beasley made that commitment as the number one player in his class to go to NC Charlotte because of his assistant coach going there, that completely showed me that we are in a new day and age. All right, we got to we got to take our final break. I think we need a whole other hour. I just, <laughs> Matt, you got to figure out what we can do. If we can just stay on the air for a third hour or not. There so, you go. Uh, we'll be right back on the weekend sports buzz. Listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384 1450. All right, sports fans, I think we have a little technical difference there, but we're back on here. Uh, last segment, uh, this event has featured the four guys that I think have got to be the favorite for Mr. Basketball in the state of Kentucky. Uh, Ray Spalding's still playing at Trinity. For Trinity. He's playing for Trinity, but he's playing for the Bill here today. Chase there at 520. 
They guys want to come out and check out the future world commit. Really like the upside of this guy's game about wherever you go. Uh, he's 6'9", he's long, he's athletic. He uh, knocked down a couple threes in the game I saw. He can kind of do a little bit of everything. Doesn't play hard all the time. That's kind of the thing for me that it really where it needs to kind of come up. But he's definitely got the skills to be an incredible player. Well, I, I tell you what, I've heard the name Earl Clark. Uh, when people talked about uh, Ray Spalding all weekend long so uh, far. And, and that's a fair assessment. You know, I, I see it. I, from both athletic, can handle, uh, can get out in passing lanes, has guard-type quickness, uh, can shoot the three, came off of a couple of down screens and, and knock down some threes. So, I mean, Ray Spalding uh, is a very talented guy. Apparently, he was coming off a, a year in which he broke his legs. Uh, and he had been very apprehensive about, uh, you know, really going after it. But it seems like his confidence has returned. And, you know, he was a guy that this week so far in the two games that I've seen him was very aggressive, very confident, and showing a lot of different skills. He didn't play anybody. That's true. I, I mean, and there's only so much you can get from that. But when I see a guy who steals the ball and then the guard goes to get it back, he goes with a wraparound behind the back dribble and finishes with a tomahawk dunk in transition. Regardless of who you're playing against, that shows me the dexterity, the uh, agility, the skill, uh, and the athleticism. And those are the type of things you have to look for when you're playing against lesser opponents. It's not about necessarily the numbers that guys are putting up, but Ray Spalding is a very talented So, Michael says, you mentioned Earl Clark in demeanor. Um, you know, so it's a very laid-back, kind of quiet demeanor. You would like to see him get a little bit more aggressive and authoritative. I need to see him. Uh, more than a couple of times I've seen him to kind of get a gauge for that because Earl was always a very late back yeah, guy. Yeah, just because, see, now, when I think of Earl Clark, I've always thought of a guy that had so much talent and had had, had such physical gifts yes. but never had the motor, never had, like, the, the, the will or, or the drive to actually capitalize right, on his talents. And I was always a guy, I, I was kind of actually down on Earl Clark because ah. I thought that he just, he was soft. He's a pretty frustrating player. I he was, was he was very frustrating, but at the end of the day, he had he put together a good career. Um, he was part of a team that ended up as the number one overall seed, and he got drafted number twelve in the draft. So if Ray Spalding can be that kind of disappointing player, I'll take that all day long. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, you, there's always guys that we see that we think that there could have been more out of them had they have played harder and gave more. I mean, that's kind of uh, you know the, the the thing that you see. I don't know if he's going to uh, mirror the same path because he seems like a very motivated kid. He's very quiet. He's very coachable. Uh, and he has played hard the last couple of games that I've seen him. So will that continue? Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, Eric Coleman is another Mr. Basketball candidate now. He is now. I don't think he was last <laughs> month. But the kid out of Owensboro uh, playing for Kentucky Hoop Dreams, and they'll play today on court three at 240. And he he's a guy who's just, like I said, it's just, Totally come on the street. Not, not that much different than Ray. He doesn't shoot it on the outside, but he can handle the ball a little bit. He's probably more of a real post player. Uh, really long, athletic, but not as polished of a skilled player, I think, as Ray is. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that Eric Holm is a guy who has the potential. He has the framework. He has the, the nice raw materials that you'd like to see. He's long, he's lean, he's athletic. Um, he has the ability to maybe move out to the wing. As he continues to develop right now, he's more primarily of a transition and interior prospect. I don't see him 
shooting the ball very much at this point. Uh, but he definitely has the ability. Uh, he has the potential, but he's gonna. It's gonna take him a little bit of time. He's one of those more raw prospects right now. I think Ray is the best player right now yeah. going into this senior year for the state of Kentucky. But the guy that he's probably gonna have to fight for that Mr. Basketball crown, it's gonna be really tough for him to overcome. It's, you know, if you're from Louisville and you go to school, you're gonna say, let, it's let, hard. Let, to, who's it gonna be? Cam Justice. I completely agree with you. Cam, Cam Justice. Cam Justice going to Vanderbilt. He's from. Uh, he's from Eastern Kentucky. Uh, is it is it not? Is he related to Elijah Justice at all? I don't know. I'm sure they're they got to be somewhere. I, I was going to say the last Mr. Basketball. Uh, there was a Justice that was just named Mr. Basketball just a few. Years I was about back. to make a bad East Kentucky joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, no, it's not. <laughs> but, I, yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. I think Cameron Justice is a guy who showed me a lot uh, during last year's uh, Sweet 16. Not he's County High School. He, he's a very talented player. Um, I like his game. Uh, he's very tough. He's, he's a hell of a shooter. He probably is the best shooter that I've seen here. I mean, yeah. his stroke is pretty automatic. He's going to Vanderbilt. Uh, I like him. I like him a lot. And it's going to be very difficult to win over the uh, county votes. Yeah, and not only like that, but you got <laughs> pretty much – let's just face it. Trinity's stacked this year. Trinity's really good. But it's a lot harder to get to, the, to get to Lexington out of the seventh region than it is going to be for not county uh, to get there. So – and usually, Ray's fighting a couple things. He's fighting the fact that he goes to the Louisville uh, private school. That's that's probably the first one. He's from Louisville. That, that, he's fighting the fact that he's in the seventh region. Yeah. And he's fighting the fact that Cam Cam Justice has been a high school basketball name probably since he was in the eighth grade. Yeah. And Ray kind of came on the scene last year. That and the fact that Ray's going to be playing on a much talent, more talented team, so he may not have the stats as well. Yeah, Cam's uh, going Cam Yeah, exactly. So I mean, yeah. I, at the end of the day. I and Cam's going to go, probably going to have a pretty good run in the state tournament. Yeah, and that usually seals the deal. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that at the end of the day, maybe I, I would put Cam Justice as the favorite for Mr. Basketball for those uh, circumstances that we said. But you may have a situation where he's Mr. Basketball. He's a good player. The best player in the state is Ray Spalding. And there is a pretty defined uh, gap between him and the rest of the guys. I don't – and I think they're – I think both of those guys – I think Cam Justice is probably a top 100 player. Yeah. And I think Ray's probably a top 50 player. Yeah. I don't think any one of them is a legitimate McDonald's candidate. Uh, especially Tucker Ray, because I will say this about, about Ray Spalding. I talked to one guy who's a scout, and they think that Ray Spalding um, is better than Steven Zimmerman. And Steven really? Zimmerman is one of the top five well, guys. Yeah, he's one of the top 10 or 12 guys, depending on the scouting service, uh, in the country uh, right now. And, and they said that they believe the problem knows you got 11 of the top 13 players in the country are power forwards and centers. Yeah. And I, that's, to me, that means that Ray is not going to be in the best basketball. I, I agree with you. No, I, I agree with you. And I think that at the end of the day, he'll be a guy that comes to, that I get to see show off at my favorite all-star game, the Derby Basketball hey, Classic. There's no all-star game over this year. They can play in more than two. Really? Really? So we're going to have oh, wow. a whole lot more This is news. Mike and Doppel breaking news out here. No limit on it. Really? The limit is finishes. gone. Oh, so the NCAA in their, you know, in their wisdom to kind of loosen up some rules, the all-star game limit is gone. We will, our date will be in between McDonald's and Jordan, so we're not going to conflict. We'll probably conflict with the Hoop Summit, but we will be able to go after 
wow. everybody. Wow, that is that is big news. That will be coming to a Twitter and a Facebook near you very soon. So, uh, <laughs> his Cam's teammate is probably the fourth guy in this race. Probably was the third guy coming in the summer. It's probably not a fourth guy. I'm probably on the outside looking in. But still, a kid is going to West Virginia. Yeah. Edel Bolton out of uh, Covington Homes. A, a quick guard. You know, I think he, he as a group, I think he's the one who's probably the most overrated. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a guy who has skills. He has ability. He's good for the state of Kentucky. And as you stated, he's a, he's a high major prospect. He is committed to West Virginia. I think he'll, he'll do a good job there. He's a West Virginia type of guard. Now, he's the type of guy I see at a Cincinnati or Kansas State. Kind of a scrappy but yeah. type of guard. And I, I probably think he'll do a good job. He's, he's short. I mean, he's... They got him listed. They've got him listed at uh, at six foot. <laughs> he's he's as much six foot as Peyton Seaver's six foot. There you go. Gotcha. Okay. Right. So, so but he's a good player. I mean, he's Bowden is a good player. I don't think that. I think he should get that county height. Yeah, he bit. needs to be. He needs to. He, he's not. He needs to be more creative on his ways to score. He's not a great great shooter. You know, but as far as a point guard, a good defender, very smart. You know, good spot player. He's there. But a play for Huggins, that'd be one thing and one thing only, really. That'd be tough. He's tough. He's tough. Yeah, if you can't play at Covington Homes or high level, not be tough. I agree. Because that's all that matters to Huggins. And really all, when he was in when Huggins was Cincinnati, I don't think he had anybody over like six six on any of his teams. But they were the toughest. Hey, let me tell you something. Huggy Bear's been here watching it too. The two teams that you never have to worry about toughest, Covington Homes is one. And uh, Hopkinsville, Hopkinsville is the other. You yeah. cannot be a tough player. You got to, yeah, you got to, you can't, make it. you know, you can't be soft to play for those two programs. So I agree with you. Uh, the games are going on here at the Tech Expedition. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm see a wild play. Just yeah, so I think these I are like the young guys. That's number 22 for uh, this dark blue team we're watching. See, that's what we're talking about with these AAU events. You don't really sometimes know some of these teams, but you see some athletes, you see some guys running the floor, and all of a sudden you may stop. They got Nashville. Watch these they guys. got Nashville on the jerseys all the time. So I don't Man, know. The ones I say, I'm really digging the, the Florida Saints jerseys. Yeah, those are nice. Very it's, nice. I like those. It's, it's very nice. They got nice warm ups, like the matching warm up to go with it. People, this, really is, this, this is high level basketball. For anybody who's never been to a, a major AAU event, the AAU Nationals, the Super Showcase, you are getting the best talent from around the country. You really get to see the size and the scope and the number of players that play this great game. I mean, this is about hey. guys trying to make their dreams come. And I got to tell you, the most impressive thing that I've seen here all week, yes. Makes me a proud papa. My little girl. Making it nine hours on Thursday. Yes. And like four hours yesterday. She was one of these. She was very excited. Well, once she got the picture with Taco Fall, which was an outstanding picture, by the way. Once she got that picture, you could tell she was in heaven. I, I could definitely tell this was Mike Gandalfo's dog. She was a gym rat. <laughs> because you were breaking down the problem. You were like, baby. You know, Antonio Blake needs to buy a place. She's like, really? You know, or, or, you know, we can say around. I mean, it was absolutely. She got, she was, got to meet Tubby. She got to meet Larry Brown. She's like, you know, she was, she was in totally into it. There we go. So I mean, this, this is an opportunity to be able to come out, see good basketball, get to see these coach, coaches up close and personal. Um, it, it's a great time if you get an opportunity. Just ten dollars, I believe, at the door. For, I think it's fifteen, right? Is it fifteen at the yeah, door? Yeah, you want to come out and try oh, out, support Ray. Yeah. You're gonna you can come out around two forty. Watch the Hoop Dreams play. There's gonna be some good games going on. More basketball than you could probably ever want in your life. Oh, uh, I mean, it, <laughs> without a doubt. No, but it, uh, come out and support this great event. 
So we can have it here every year going forward. In perpetuity. Let me see, let me just go on before we got to leave. There's another game of 240 today I think people want to check out, especially if you're an Indiana fan. The Blue Williams Summer League team, which is very athletic, but they got two guards that Indiana's looking at uh, with Christopher Clark and Kenny Williams. So, uh, guys, they're trying to keep that Blue Williams pipeline going, and uh, it could be a really good thing for them. So, get out here, watch basketball, and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. I'm out, Mike Haven and uh, Rashawn saying goodbye. We'll talk to you later. Peace.